Signal is a podcast by the Bucks County Beacon. I'm your host and the Beacon's editor-in-chief, Cyril McAleco. Twice a month, we'll use this space to shine a light on the right-wing extremist currents streaming through Bucks County and beyond. We'll talk to guests who will help listeners navigate these perilous political waters by providing insight, analysis, and organizing solutions so that we can steer the community toward calmer, saner, progressive routes. Brett Freeman is a resident of Buckingham Township in Bucks County, PA, a parent, a husband, a foodie, and an avid Philly sports fan. He's also a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh and the Wharton Management Program at the University of Pennsylvania. Currently, he's a state-certified residential real estate appraiser and valuation expert and actively practices regionally throughout Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Beginning this year, he also serves on the DEI Committee for the Greater Philadelphia Board of Realtors. Today we speak with Brett about what it's like raising a transgender child in an increasingly transphobic country, and specifically his experiences in Bucks County's Central Bucks School District. Hi Brett, welcome to The Signal. Good afternoon, Cyril. Thank you so much for having me. Brett. You're the father of three daughters, and your youngest, Lily, is a transgender student locally in Central Bucks. What's it like being her dad? Well, first and foremost, Cyril, the fact that she's transgender, that's the least most interesting thing about her. Uh, let, let, Let me start by saying that Lily, as you said, she's the youngest of three. I have two older daughters. So for me, you know, it, it's just being a dad. I love her just like I love my other children. Uh, it's just an amazing experience. Each of my kids are different. You know, Lily is a unique individual. She's just an amazing person. She's funny. She's creative. Um, and, and she just does so many, like, different things. You know, each just like with each of my children, it's a unique experience. So uh, I'm just a proud father. And can you tell us a little bit about the first time Lily spoke with you and your wife, Mindy, about being transgender? Sure. She actually spoke with my two daughters first. You know, she recognized that, you know, she didn't feel like who she saw herself when she looked in the mirror, you know, and had a discussion with my two older daughters. And they said, you know what, Lily, we think you need to talk to mom and dad. And that's when she approached us. And my wife and I, Mindy, we we weren't surprised, quite frankly, because Lily had always been somewhat feminine. She'd always been somewhat uh, feminine or wanting to do things the other girls did. So it didn't surprise us. Even from a young age, we we had a conversation. I remember one night in bed and we thought, you know what? One day she's going to come to us and say maybe she was gay or something like that. So when she ultimately did come to us, we weren't surprised what, what, what whatsoever. We maybe didn't understand everything, uh, you know, the way she was communicating it to us, but we certainly weren't upset whatsoever. Um, you know, we, we hugged her. We just said, hey, we love you. And, you know, we're going to work through everything together. Uh, we just wanted her to be happy. And we said, hey, we're, we're here for you. You know, that, that that's where... Her journey began, uh, and really our journey as a family began together. Now, 
were you nervous about this or, or scared at all? I mean, what, you know, parenting is difficult enough, right? And, and this was obviously something new for you. So could you kind of describe some of the emotions that you were feeling? There's no real playbook that says, this is exactly what's going to happen all the time. You kind of roll with it. Um, like I said before, I love all of my children and I accept them for who they are. So the fact that Lily mentioned or came to us and said, hey, there's something different about me. I didn't feel any different in terms of emotion. She's still Lily. I still loved her. I still care for her. She's still my child. You know, just, just like any other parent. I want her to be positioned for success. I want her to be happy. And I want her to have a great life. You know, so it, it wasn't in, ter in terms of like emotional, it didn't impact me that way. Um, where more impacted me and my wife was just the understanding and just open a window of saying, okay, well, now we're get now now we're going down this journey. Let's understand. So it, it was more, hey, let, let's understand more and learn together and make sure you're you know positioned for success and you can thrive and have an amazing life. That that that's really what what kind of happened at that point sure so so it was more of an intellectual journey that you were embarking on um uh with your wife mindy exactly at that point in time it was okay what how can we be there for lily how can we you know like i said uh make sure she's happy that all her needs are met that you know she lives she's able to live a life just like any of any of our other children or, or anyone that's listening, you know, any of your children out there. So where did you and Mindy turn to for support to help you navigate this kind of new intellectual parental terrain that you found yourself in? Great question, Cyril. To be quite honest, you know, first we went online, which we probably really shouldn't have done. I wouldn't recommend. Uh, but then as our journey began, we tried finding other resources that would help us. Mindy joined PFLAG, amazing organization. Um, we tried looking for books and other support things uh, that, that would help us provide that knowledge and understanding. And what, was it difficult for the rest of your family? You know, not just Lily's you know, the immediate family with you and Mindy and Lily's sisters, but, you know, the wider family of grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins to kind of, you know, accept Lily as she, who she is? No, 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 not at all. I mean, going back to your last question, I mean, another resource we, we use to tap into is uh, what we have a cousin who is in the LGBTQ community also does some counseling. So we reached out to them for some guidance and insight and perspective. Uh, but no, I mean, our, our, our family has been great. If anything, it just opened, it opened a door for people wanting more knowledge and understanding. Um, but that's really it. In fact, uh, let, let, let me relate a story. Um, my mother, she was like, Oh, this, you know, everyone was like, this is great. You know, like, no one was surprised because, like I said, Lily presented in many ways in a feminine way. 
we would have family dinners, let's say Thanksgiving, and Lily and her cousins, they would do, get dressed up, they would put on little dances and shows and things like that. So it didn't surprise any of them, really. Uh, you know, so my mom was like, oh, well, you know, th this is great. You know, we, we all were like, okay, now we understand why, like the behaviors, and appearance, like everything kind of registered and connected. My mom was only concerned, well, who's going to tell your grandmother? Because Lily is a great grandmother who lives in Florida, is going to be 98 this year from a different generation. And, you know, was really just concerned, well, how's she going to understand? And when I called her and I explained, hey, this is what's going on, um, you know, Lily came to us. This is what she said. My grandmother was like, great. I love Lily. You know, I I'm happy for her. You know, it, it was just the complete opposite reaction than what, let's say, parent like my, my parents or that generation, you know, kind of expected of her. In fact, we're, we're Jewish, and uh, Lily picked her own name as Lily when she transitioned. And as, as it happens, my grandmother's name, Lily's great-grandmother, is named Lillian. So in the Jewish tradition, when someone passes on, you rename, let's say, the next child that's born after that person. So my grandmother at 97 or whatever her age was, she was only upset, like, she picked Lily. She's like, I'm not dead yet. You know, like she's naming herself after me. Like I'm not gone yet. And we're like, no, no, no. She, that's not the case. You know, explain what the name sure. then and how she came about. And she's like, oh, okay, that's good then. She's like, I would support her anyway, but you know, that just shows you the generational differences and how universally within our family, everyone was quick to accept and and support. I want to zoom out a little bit now. Um, the Department of Homeland Security issued a memo last month warning that threats of violence targeting the LGBTQ people and community have increased since last year and could result in physical attacks, including assaults on drag-themed events, gender-affirming care, and LGBTQIA plus curricula in schools. And in fact, the Anti-Defamation League and GLAAD have documented 101 incidents of harassment and violence in the first three weeks of June for Pride Month, proving the warning pression. And this bigotry isn't relegated to the streets. More than 500 bills restricting the rights of LGBTQ plus people were introduced in legislatures this year, and at least 75 were signed into law a number that prompted the human rights campaign to issue its first ever state of emergency. So what is it like being the dad of Lily in an increasingly transphobic country where someone like Lily and her existence are being weaponized by a large number of people to not only stir up hate and ignorance and hysteria, but to use this manufactured and broader LGBTQ scare to essentially legislate people like her and any representations of her out of the public while rolling back the social progress that we had seen the country had been making um, for not only tolerance, but actual acceptance of this community. Well, that hits home for us 
and our family in a, in a number of ways. Uh, because Lily is part of the LGBTQ plus community and because we're also Jewish. So if I could unwind a little bit, I mean, sure. first, because that question contained multiple parts. First, as, as, as a dad and as a parent, you know, just like everyone else, every other parent out there, I want my child to be safe and secure uh, and be able to live their life just like any other child out there. Um, my child is a person and a lot of the issues that are being raised are intended to dehumanize my child, to erase their existence and take away their rights, both as an American citizen and as a person. Uh, the issues that are being raised are political and they are politicizing my child and they are turning what are fundamental human rights issues into political issues and that is wrong and let me give you a for instance you know i can't believe in this day and age in this country that you know as a parent i have to be concerned what states my child can and cannot go to where they will be safe, where they will not be safe, where they will have basic fundamental rights stripped from them just because they have a dimension of difference or treated differently or not have access to health care like other people. Or, you know, Lily is a going, she's a rising senior in high school where we're looking around for colleges. We have to consider all that in determining, hey, where can she go to school? So these are considerations that as a parent of an LGBTQ child, that, you know, they are different considerations that I have to worry about than another parent. And that, and, and that fundamentally is wrong. We have my older daughter, my oldest daughter, She's in dental school. We have a white coat ceremony coming up in August in Florida. So the, what we just brought up hits right at home because we're deciding, hey, is it safe to bring Lily to Florida? God forbid she needs health care coverage or, or assistance. Will she get adequate treatment? Will she be treated the same as other children? You know, my wife and I, if we travel with Lily, will we be, you know, deemed groomers? We could be arrested in some states, which in the United States of America, it's crazy to think of. Uh, my wife and I we recently watched something called a uh, great show on TV, the U.S. and the Holocaust. And it's amazing how um, what happened to the Jews in Europe and conversely, what happened to black Americans in the US South. It's now happening again to the LGBTQ plus and other marginalized communities in the United States. Very scary. So Yeah, it's horrifying. And and unfortunately this, you know, this broader, you know, culture war and bigoted backlash um, that you were just speaking about has taken root locally in Central Bucks School District, where Lily goes to school. 
pride flags have been banned from classrooms, LGBTQ books pulled off the shelves with more book bans likely on the way, teachers muzzled, and this is just the beginning. I mean, the ACLU filed a complaint that's now being investigated by the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights that alleges the district has created a toxic and discriminatory environment for LGBTQ students like Lily. And the district's response, the right-wing majority school board and superintendent Abe Lukabaugh hired former GOP gubernatorial candidate Bill McSwain, a lawyer with Dwayne Morris Law Firm and someone who once likened LGBTQ um, who once likened an LGBTQ student alliance club to leftist political indoctrination, quote unquote, to create a report to absolve the district of any wrongdoing, which almost makes the ACLU's case for them, right? So can you talk about the challenges of being a dad in this district, wanting to make sure your daughter is safe and being taught in a welcoming and accepting school environment? Sure, but let, let me start with the, the positives. I mean, Lily is a, is, is a kid, first and foremost. You know, she wants to go to school and just, you know, school should be a safe place where kids like Lily, where all kids, frankly, should be able to excel and learn and just be in a safe environment. You know, we are fortunate in Central Bucks where we have amazing teachers and staff. And they help create that kind of environment. Um, the problem now is you have the majority school board and the superintendent are being influenced by outside politics, partisans. You have the Family Research Council and the Independence Law Center in particular, uh, who are impacting the policies that the, the school board majority is trying to effectuate change in, in our community. We live in a diverse community, uh, which is amazing. You know, you have people from all different backgrounds and cultures and whatnot, you know, people that have come from everywhere. And, you know, that's what makes our community so great. The issue is that the school board majority that has come in in the past year, they've rewritten policies, manufactured problems, and then have affected changes to policies in a way that benefits a small, a small minority and is not reflective of the diversity and the, you know, the, the, representative of our community, what our community is really made of. You know, as, as a parent, that's scary because, you know, I want my child to feel safe to go to school and she cannot because of the policies enacted by this school board majority and the superintendent over the past year. About a year ago, the superintendent actually went around to all the schools, which he does annually. He meets with student groups of students at each of the schools, and then he comes back to the school board and he relates his findings. And a year ago, our superintendent came back and said, hey, after speaking to numerous students over and over at school after school and communicated to the board and our community at large that, hey, 
there is a problem in Central Bucks that students within the LGBTQ plus community are being targeted, that they are experiencing harassment, that it's an unsafe environment. And then immediately at the following meeting, is it said, okay, we need to move on. And then after that, after sweeping things under the table, essentially, he and the board, the board majority, have now moved forward to enact policies such as neutrality, book policies, policies that specifically target and hinder the LGBTQ plus community and other marginalized communities within Central Bucks. And as you indicated, uh, this has created an unsafe environment. Even, even teachers who provide support and act in, in ways, or teachers act in ways that are more than just teachers. They provide support and care and protection to our students, you know, just like our counselors, just like coaches. You know, they do more than what their job description says. And these new policies inhibit teachers and coaches and counselors from doing their jobs and providing that support and making CB a safe place, you know, because they're afraid of saying something that might be considered inappropriate. They're afraid of using books that might be considered in an appropriate way. They're afraid of counseling and providing guidance to students because it might be construed in a wrong or or what is deemed inappropriate way yeah and, and it's inappropriate for a, a very tiny minority of parents within the central bucks school district who kind of identify with a more moms for liberty kind of like reactionary christian worldview um, that look at LGBTQ acceptance and representation as somehow being persecution against them. And, and just to provide some context um, for listeners is just the Independence Law Center, like you mentioned, is the legal arm of the uh, PA Family Institute, which is a right-wing Christian anti-LGBTQ organization. And Reuters actually just um, published a report a few days ago, noting that you know the Republican school board president Dana Hunter actually invited in um, the Independence Law Center to rewrite policy for the school district. One of those policies being um, the administrative regulations for book challenges, and decided to keep it a secret from the other board members saying that she wasn't obligated to be transparent about bringing in a right-wing Christian legal law firm to um, exert itself in Central Bucks School District policy. So now that we've kind of gone through, um, you know, some of the issues that uh, you and other parents have with the school district, like what, what, could the school district be doing better? Or how can we affect change to make sure that the school district starts doing better with regards to library policies, education policies, and policies that impact um, traditionally marginalized uh, student communities within the district? Cyril, the best 
solution, the best thing that the people in our community could do right now is vote, is getting out the vote and voting in a school board that will affect that will affect and enact policy changes that are representative of the community as a whole, the diverse and amazing community that we live in here in Bucks County. That is the number one and best thing that anyone can do out there is get out and vote. Every single vote makes a difference because we we have a school board and administration or school board majority that came in uh, under false pretenses with, under the precept of parents over politics and have been nothing but political, that have been a divisive uh, entity within our community, that have focused on the needs of the few rather than the many, that have uh, that have created the divisiveness within the community. So the best and number one thing we can do right now is vote and make a difference and make all of our voices heard and make Central Bucks a better place. And there is a slate of candidates, Central Bucks Neighbors United, who actually want to do that. They want to bring compassion and common sense back into policy making in Central Bucks School District. So, you know, in addition to voting, um, listeners can also donate money um, because the other side is being bankrolled by a MAGA millionaire, Paul Martino. And you can also volunteer for Central Bucks uh, Neighbors United and We'll have a link in the show notes for folks to do that. Um, okay, finally, to, to wrap up our conversation, Brett, what advice do you have for parents in Bucks County and beyond, um, you know, whose sons or, or daughters come out as transgender to them and who are kind of dealing with the same types of, you know, struggles and problems because of the national environment as well as a local environment that you find yourself in? I would say lead with love. That's kind of been the mantra that we've adopted here in our house. It means everything. Like my child, Lily, she's always been Lily, you know? So my advice is just be there for your children, provide support, get understanding, get education, just be there for, for, for them. You know, they are who they are, just like we, we, we all are. You know, they might have different needs. They might have different likes. Like, for instance, Lily, you know, she was my third child. My two older ones, yeah, they did gymnastics. They did cheerleading. But they also played soccer. They also, you know, I taught them how to throw a spiral football or, you know, things like that. So Lily, when she was younger... She may have not had the interest in sports, but I found things that we, you know, I found commonalities, things that she did like. You know, she liked riding bikes. She liked rollerblading. She liked going to museums. She liked going around to the city and venturing out. I found common things, common interests, so that, you know, I could help her excel and enjoy life and do things that, that made her happy. Um, so that's what I would suggest to other parents is, you know, just be there for your kids, you know, 
compromise in terms of finding common ground, you know, common interests, and then put your child in a position to succeed and be happy and enjoy life and, and, you know, for success. Brett, thanks so much for coming on and opening up and speaking with us today. I, I want to wish you, Lily and Min, Mindy and your family, a happy Pride Month. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It was great speaking with you about, um, you know, having an amazing child like Lily and, you know, just some of the challenges that we're facing. But I, I just want to reiterate, Lily being trans, it's the least most interesting thing about her. First and foremost, she's a kid and she's an amazing person. And me, my family, we are just lucky to have we, we are lucky to have her in our lives. So thank you for having us and uh, appreciate the opportunity to share with you. This has been The Signal, a podcast by the Bucks County Beacon. I'm Cyril McLego, editor-in-chief and host. For more progressive news, analysis, and opinion from Bucks County and beyond, go to www.buckscountybeacon.com. The Signal is produced by Kevin Mahoney of Raging Chicken Media. Intro-outro music by Moff et Tula, featuring Cartas a Felice, used with permission.